You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Jack Smith got my footage, it's in black and white With moving boxes and taking a flight So now I find myself in a nostalgic rage About how I lost a top secret page I wish I had my classified doc stash The Mar-a-Lago kind Boxes chock full of manila folders that were marked top secret with red underline. I remember talking to CNN, showing our ran warp plans to the network anchorman. Oh, I wish I had my classified doc stash, just the way that it used to be. Then it's Jack Smith forthwith coming up fast, charging me with numerous crimes. And my man De Oliveira said he lived in terror He said another lawyer might be a little fairer Yeah, I wish I had my classified doc stash Just the way that it used to be Flip-flop, call the cops, FBI raid Rubbing through Melania's room Follow the man FBI vigilantes tried inspecting all her panties But she told me it was better than my tiny hands Ow! My wife just abhors how they went through her drawers There were no secret files in her lingerie piles Those are things I'm no longer allowed to explore That's what Melania said to me I wish I had my classified doc stash The Mar-a-Lago kind Boxes chock full of manila folders That were marked top 
top secret with red underline Oh, I'd wave them around for everyone to see Maybe Jared could sell some to the Sheik of Araby If I only had a classified dog stash Then I could do some schmoozing too Yeah, orange cream, a little devil do ya I can do some schmoozing too Oh, yeah. That is Patrick Fitzgerald, this uh, guy that I just... I didn't discover him. Obviously, he's been making these song parodies, doing it on the Twitter. That is a parody of Jimmy Buffett's Pencil Thin Mustache. For those of you going, God, this song sounds familiar. Why can't I place it? Uh, Jimmy Buffett. And I, I, I'm get because uh, Patrick Fitzgerald just put that out yesterday. So probably in reference to uh, the late... Jimmy Buffett, but it's just really good. This guy's got a bunch of them up there. So, uh, uh, you know, you know me, you know, I'm going to be featuring them. Um, Welcome to a Thursday. It is our final Thursday for a few weeks. Well, Thursday with Howie Klein for a few weeks, because after tomorrow, I'm I'm 100 percent in moving mode. Now, I oh, it's who's calling me. Uh, um, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, somebody who should know better, who should know that I'm on the air now, was calling me. Um, so, so here's the deal. We are packing. Tomorrow, the pods container arrives. Wait, I think that, that calls for, um, uh, <laughs> let me do that again. Tomorrow, the pods container arrives. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous. We're about halfway packed. We're getting there. Um, at first, I thought we were going to leave. You know, we'd spend the weekend packing. We'd get on the road Monday. Then we pushed it to Tuesday. Now we're looking at maybe Wednesday. It's, you know, we'll get there. We're, we're going. I Believe me, I can't wait to get the hell out of here because this state goes from bad to worse. Did you hear what our brain, our, 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 our um, uh, resident genius brain surgeon, Surgeon General did? For those of you who don't know, if you're new here. Hi, welcome. I'm in Florida. Uh, I'm leaving. We are going, we're moving to Arizona, finally, getting the hell out of here. Because as I say, they didn't elect the fascists there. I know that Arizona is far from perfect, um, but it's better than here right now. And yes, it's hot, but you know, it's a dry heat. The thing about Florida is you walk outside and you get hit with a wall of humidity. You can sometimes, it's so thick sometimes, you feel like you could cut it with a knife. I remember after moving out west and living in Los Angeles for um, how many years? 15 years living in L.A. Uh, when, I, when I would come back here to visit, I'd see my dad um, and I'd get off the plane. It's like, oh boy, there it is. And not only did it hit, it's like, oh, you could just, it's so thick. But then my hair would <laughs> frizz out. So I'm very excited to get back to um, uh, low humidity. Uh, my friend Sue, who lives in Tucson, said, well, you know, it's been it's been pretty humid out here, too. And, I, and I'm like, what, like 20 percent humidity, 30 percent? She said, yeah. I said, here it's like 98, 99 percent when it's not raining. Go figure. Anyway, so um, that's all that's all going on. Uh, There is it is um, it is crazy times right here. So the the um, Surgeon General of the state of Florida, I mentioned him the other day. Oh, when I was talking to Jim DeFitti, who is like the best political reporter here in the state of Florida. And I mentioned Dr. Joseph Latipo. 
or as we call him, lap dog, because he is Ronnie Boy's lap dog. But, you know, the FDA just approved this new COVID vaccine, because in case you hadn't heard, COVID is surging again. I'm not saying COVID is back because it never went away, but it is surging again. And um, what's surging is this new variant that they say is resistant to the previous vaccines. You know, we've been told that that the last one, the bivalent vaccine, was good for a number of these variants. <laughs> yeah, but not this new one. And don't even ask me what it's called. I don't even know. But um, so, we, you know, there's a new vaccine out to address this new variant. And of course, I'm going to get it. The question is, do I get it before I leave? Because I always get a little bit of a reaction to these vaccines. I expect it. I know that not only is my arm going to hurt for a couple of days, I'm going to feel like shit for about 36 to 48 hours. And I, and, I, and I accept that. And I figure it's better to feel this way for 36 to 48 hours than to get COVID. One, risk my life because I'm missing a lung. Hello. Thank you, lung cancer. Two, you know, I'm 63. I'm still 63. Still 63. Oh, and that, uh, that opens up another whole uh, can of worms here. Because, uh, you know, I still have a year and two months before I am eligible for Medicare. Which, let me tell you, that really sucks. So, you know, I'm fighting with myself over, do I get the vaccine before we leave? Or, um, you know, do I wait till we get out there? You see, the federal government is not covering the cost of this new vaccine. If you have insurance or you're on Medicare, well, then it will likely be free to you. But if you don't have insurance, you're going to have to pay. Thanks so much, Republicans, because, you know, it's them. So uh, right now I still have insurance. Once I get out there, I won't because my insurance is through the exchange. I have Florida blah and um, Florida blah doesn't work in Arizona. So. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so um, I'm going to have to. So I went on the exchange last night. So here's how it works. You know, the healthcare, the, the healthcare.gov or your state exchange, if you're in a a civilized state where they actually had an exchange um, that will open on November 1st for you to get insurance for 2024. Well, but if you have a life change, like you're moving across country, um, you can update it. So I went on to the exchange. I used my um, bonus son's address because we don't know where we're going to be living yet. David's son is out there. And I went looking for a decent insurance plan. I got to tell you, I am at the worst age possible. So now I'm 63. I'll be 64 on November 4th. You can put it in your calendar just so you can remember. Um, So I'll be 64 on November 4th. And I wonder, will you still need me? Will you still feed me? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I went perusing the available health insurance plans and they suck. What's available to someone? And it and it changes based on your age and obviously your income. And you know, this is the only time I'll ever say, thank God I make don't make jack shit, because I really need my listeners to be more generous. You guys, I love you. I love you dearly, but there are a small percentage of you who are carrying the water for the rest of you. Let me just say that. I still won't put the show behind a paywall, but it's just a small number of you who are you know, picking up the freight here 
And frankly, it's not enough. That's why I'm always kind of keeping my eye out for other ways to make money. So if you know, if you want to help us with the move, we could use it. Go to NicoleSandler.com, click on one of those uh, donate buttons, and I will be forever in your debt. But that's besides the point. So what I'm realizing is it'll cost me more out there than here to get a basic health insurance plan. Um, <laughs> uh, and for less coverage. Every one of these plans, even with the subsidy that I get from the federal government, I do qualify for a subsidy because, again, I don't make very much money these days. Um, I, it's still unaffordable. And on top of it being on the, the monthly premium being unaffordable, there's like a nine thousand dollar eight to nine thousand dollar on many of these deductible. Lovely. Right. And and or. Fifty percent copay. After you pay hundreds of dollars a month on a premium, if you go into the hospital, one of them, it was like a $2,500 a day copay. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And then another one was um, whatever it is. And then you have a 40% coinsurance on everything from x-rays to prescription drugs to hospital stays to doctor's office, all that stuff. Um and if you've ever had to stay overnight in the hospital, you know how expensive that gets. 40% of a zillion dollars is still like a trillion dollars. So I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, and, and all I can do is count down until November 4th, 2025, when I will be 65 and I can get on Medicare. The other thing is, I was so excited. We're moving out to the, you know, the Phoenix area where there is a Mayo Clinic. You may have heard me say on one of our editions of the Maladies that I don't sleep at night. And I'll tell you, with this impending move, I'm sleeping even less because my mind just doesn't stop. So I'm sleeping like, you know, I'm sleeping like, you know, three hours a night if I'm lucky. So I apologize for my spaciness because I'm I'm not all here <laughs> anymore. So um, I, I'm... Uh, it, it, See, and I lost my train of thought. Anyway, so the, I'm going through all of these things. Oh, it's so I was looking forward to being able to go to the Mayo Clinic. I even went so far as to call them and say, look, I'm moving out there. I'm going to need to get new insurance. I want to come to your sleep program. What insurance companies do you take? And they said they, they directed me to a place that has a list. The problem is. Um, none of the insurance policies offered at healthcare.gov on the exchange for the Affordable Care Act, none of them does Mayo Clinic accept. <laughs> so it's like, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there we go. That's, you know, that's, that's the dilemma that I'm facing now. Uh, so I, I don't know what to do. Uh, old Sage Joe says the insurance companies negotiate discounts when you pay 40%. Yeah, the insurance company probably pays less than you do to the provider. Absolutely. they You pay 40% of the entire cost. They pay, you know, 40% of their contracted rate. It's all such a scam. It's why I call it government-sanctioned extortion. I have for years. So just so you know, I've been working diligently. I worked really hard today um, and got about halfway through uh, editing together the shows that are going to run for the next three weeks while I'm on the road. 
So um, a little bit of a change from what I told you yesterday. The, the show I was going to play a week from today, which was going to be um, one time when I guest hosted the Tom Hartman show. And Tom was my guest. And then Jesse Jackson called in. It was it was surreal, actually. Um, but the the quality on it was so bad. It was like a um, it was a uh, like a you know it was a a podcast audio saved at a very low bit rate. And so it's just I couldn't put it on the air. It's just it was not audible good enough. So I'm changing that one. So next Thursday you're going to hear uh, Kinsey Six. Again, um, that whole show, it was from March 13th of this year. That is the most recent program so far that I'm going to play during these next three weeks when I'm moving. Um, And uh, so, but there's some really good stuff. Now, here's the dilemma. And I'm talking to you guys, the YouTubers, especially Um, progressive voices. You're going to hear the show as usual. It's going to be just all uploaded to the progressive voices servers. So the, the scheduled episodes should air each day at their scheduled time. Knocking on wood laminate here. I'm doing my part. That's all I can tell you. Um, But for you YouTubers, I'm trying to make it so that I can keep the chat room open. And in order to do that, I'll I'll put up shows. They'll be audio only, but maybe with a logo or a picture or something on the video. Um, And I'll I'll schedule them as premieres. So you can come. It'll it'll say it's premiere. And you'll... um, Uh, be able to chat in the chat room. The problem comes on a few of these days. I've had a few requests for some of my old music radio music interviews. So for example, a week from tomorrow, which will be, uh, it's the 22nd. It'll end the first week of recorded shows. I'm going to play. It's a really good show. It's, it's a two parter, you know, um, and the first half is an interview from 2010, Now, back in 2010, I had heard, I think I saw a 60 Minutes report on um, uh, this organization called MAPS. And damn it, I I, I keep forgetting to write out what the acronym is. But they do, it's a psychiatric group, and they have been researching for many years, more than we are aware of, the effects of psychedelic drugs on... um, people with mental health issues. And in this case, it was um, soldiers returning from war with PTSD and the effect that psychedelics, MDMA and others had on them. So back in June of 2010, I interviewed somebody from MAPS about that. This, see, I'm not new to this. You know, I didn't just jump on the latest craze bandwagon when I started getting the ketamine therapy. It's something that I've been reading about and thinking about for at least a decade. So we'll hear that and see how far we've come in 13 years. And then I realized that this week, um, next week, actually, the 18th, Monday, is the 28th anniversary. God, do I feel old. The 28th anniversary of my interview with Alanis Morissette. Now, her album, Jagged Little Pill, had come out just a couple of months before And I was a huge, I got to see an early show of hers before the record came out and get an advanced copy. And I knew that there was something there and I would go on the air and rave about it. When I saw her live, I just, I'm like, this, this girl is the real deal. She's great. And so because I was an early supporter, when the record took off and just went, you know, viral to use a, 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 this, this, uh, millennial term, um, 
uh, um, they the record label remembered me and and arranged so that I could interview her. And we did a we we sat down for a half hour. We went through a bunch of different songs on the album. It it was I, I'll pat myself on the back. It was a really good interview. And now that we look back, twenty eight years later, um, that record sold more than thirty three million copies. She at the time, at I think she was nineteen, was the youngest person to ever, ever win the Grammy for Album of the Year. So it was a big deal. So anyway, um, I'm going to share that to end the week next week. But I can't play that on the YouTubes. So uh, maybe I'll have it so that the first half of the show, you'll hear the audio. If I have time, and I'll tell you right now, I don't have a lot of time. Um, I'll, I'll try to bring down the volume when the music is playing. I don't know what else to do. So YouTubers, you're going to have to be a little bit resourceful. But I hope you'll come back because honestly, I'm putting a lot of work into these shows and I, I do want you to hear them. So we've got the Alanis Morissette thing. The following week, and I bring this up because of what I was just talking about, on Monday the 25th is going to be an hour that I did with Wendell Potter almost two years ago. It was when the exchanges opened or when um, Medicare enrollment started uh, in 2021. Wendell Potter, you may remember, is still to this date the only insurance industry whistleblower. He, um, you know, he worked for Cigna. He was their head PR guy and, and worked for not only Cigna, but the entire health insurance industry. And when Michael Moore's movie Sicko came out, it was up to Wendell Potter to devise the uh, like the oppo research and to to smear Michael Moore and the people featured in the movie. Long story short, you know the story, but you'll 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 hear a little bit of it again a week from Monday um, when when I play this Wendell Potter interview. But the reason I'm bringing him on is because, again, open enrollment is right around the corner. Uh, if you're on Medicare, uh, I want to warn you that Medicare Advantage is neither Medicare nor is it an advantage. It's a scam. It's like the same shitty HMO kind of um, uh, policy I can get as a poor person under the Affordable Care Act. And so uh, Wendell Potter that day came on to really spill the beans and tell you all you need to know about Medicare Advantage and Medicare and then you know, buying insurance through the exchange if you're like me, too young for Medicare still, um, and um, but want to navigate the exchanges. Uh, so that we're going to run on uh, Monday, October 25th. So put that in your calendar, especially if, you know, you have health insurance needs. You need to get educated on it. You need to let everybody know that Medicare Advantage is not Medicare. And it is not an advantage. It may be fine as long as you're healthy, but the minute you get sick, the big difference is these for-profit private insurance companies have the right, have the decision of life and death over you. They can deny you coverage. They can deny you services where Medicare does not. I mean, Howie's coming on in a few minutes. And, um, you know, we went through it with him. And thank goodness that he had Medicare, real Medicare, and not Medicare Advantage, because Medicare Advantage never would have paid for the experimental treatments that Howie got for this very rare, weird form of cancer he had. Well, now, 
Howie is um, cancer free, I think, for was I think it's eight years. I'm cancer free seven years. But if you have Medicare, yes, disadvantage, Rick Smith in the chat room, you will not get it. And yeah, 64 sucks because they, they, they jack you for as much as they can. They pay for as little as they can. They charge you as much as they can because it's the last year that they can, they can, you know, rape you for as much as they can get out of you while they try to entice you into Medicare Advantage by saying, we'll give you free gym memberships and we'll give you uh, a ride to the doctor and we'll give you all this nonsense, but they'll deny you treatment when you're sick. It's just horrible. So we've got that coming up and then we'll round out the week with Jen Senko, who did the um, um, uh, pulling, putting a spotlight on right wing media and what it's doing to our seniors. Uh, we'll hear from Ali Velshi. We'll hear from Lawrence O'Donnell. And we're going to end that second week with Dr. Helen Caldicott, an interview I did with her years ago after the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Helen Caldicott is an Australian um, pediatrician who decided to make the whole world her waiting room. And um, she's been fighting for 40, 50 years against nukes. Um, so we got that. And then the third week, by request, somebody requested, somebody in the chat room, in fact, asked if I have any Tom Petty interviews. Actually, I do. I got to interview Tom Petty in the studio um, in Los Angeles many years ago. And uh, so I'm going to play that on October 2nd. Why? It's the anniversary of the day he died a couple of years ago. So um, we got that. I've got... Um, I got all kinds of other stuff. So anyway, I've been busy editing, but I want you, especially you YouTubers who hang out in the chat room to know where possible I can, I will, you know, post these videos to be premieres. Um, There will be times when the video will be up there and there will be no audio. That's going to be when music is playing. And, but you can always, always, always hear the show um, through progressive voices. Um, and I'm telling you that instead of my streams, because my streams will likely be down because my whole studio is going to be torn apart after today. Oh, I'm sorry. After tomorrow, I'm tearing the studio down to move everything to Arizona. So if you usually listen to my stream at NicoleSandler.com or the NicoleSandlerStream.com, that's going to be out of commission for about three weeks. So be sure to listen to ProgressiveVoices.com. And you'll be able to hear the show live. And if you're hanging in the in the YouTube chat room, you can hear the music playing when you're not going to be able to hear it there. Okay, boy, I, I used up like the whole first half hour just to do housekeeping. Actually, I thought we were going to do that tomorrow. I have no idea what we're doing tomorrow. I, I'm so scattered. <laughs> I don't know which end is up anymore. So, all right. So coming up again, it's, it's Thursday. So Howie Klein will be here. He knows that um, uh, he'll, he'll be off for the next three weeks, probably. Um, and uh, yeah, what town in Arizona, Hernan's asking. I don't know yet. So here's what we're doing. We have an Airbnb reserved. We are driving out there. As I told you yesterday, we are going to go the speed limit because driving through northern Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico... I don't want to get pulled over because those are parts of the country that I don't think like me very much. And yes, we are taking the 
the Bernie Sanders Medicare for all sticker off the car to the people who wrote me suggesting I put an NRA sticker or a Trump sticker on the car. That's not going to happen. <laughs> that will not happen. But I will take the Bernie Sanders Medicare for all. sticker. It's actually not even a sticker. It's a magnet. Because, you know, Bernie. So anyway, uh, so we're renting an Airbnb for uh, I've got it for like two weeks, but I can cancel early. Once we find a house to rent, it'll be either in Tempe, um, um, Awatuki, uh, Gilbert, Chandler, somewhere in that area, the West Valley or the East Valley. I don't know. I don't know. I've been to Arizona twice. So it'll, it'll be a little culture shake. Diane saying, can we watch you pack? You don't want to watch me pack. I already showed you my office yesterday. It's a mess. It's a mess. And, and yeah, the pod. So someone asked how the pod things work. They deliver this, you know, the, the, the unit to your house and you load it. And then when you're ready to go, they, 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 uh, they come and pick it up and they drive it out there and they store it for you as long as you need. And when you know where you're going, and you're ready, you call them and say, okay, deliver it to this address. So that's what we're doing. Um, Nevitz forever says, <laughs> don't put a magnet on your car. Put a maggot on your car. No, please, no. Uh, Kim said, I had a, a great house in Ahwatukee. Okay, I, I can move in. What? No, not the Oakwood Apartments. No, we're not doing that. Pods are expensive. Moving across country is expensive. We were going to have two pods. We canceled the second one. And we're going to fit in whatever we can fit in and go. Because, you know, money is tight. All right. Let's, uh, let's wait no longer. I know I'm a minute early. Hopefully, Howie is ready for our call. Um, I don't know whose turn it is this week to mix up those dirty Debbies. But, my God, I could use a triple today. Really, uh, seriously. So bring it, baby. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories, and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picked up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Yo, Howie Klein. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, uh, I, I wanted to bring you on first so that you can introduce our special guest today who is standing by on the Zoom, but I thought I'd let you introduce her. Great, well, thank you. So um, uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, maybe a girl who is, is um, I think, the perfect Blue America candidate. We have a, a lot of candidates. I love them all. And... Um, Maybe is, uh, you know, what I would call a super progressive. So not just a progressive, but the real thing and all the way and always will be. And when we'll vouch for that, she's not going to turn into, uh, you know, some conservative when she gets to Congress. <laughs> like some mothers and, have. 
as some others have, yes. So uh, maybe is running for the open seat in, uh, in, in Los Angeles that I happen to live in, Adam Schiff's old seat. Adam is leaving uh, the House. He's running for the U.S. Senate. Maybe ran against him before. And in fact, the last time she ran, she got 60,000 votes. Wow. If she were to get 60,000 votes or even a good fraction of that 60,000 votes this time, she will be going to Congress. So I don't think there's much more I have to say. I think I think the audience would rather hear from maybe herself. Okay. Well, maybe is here. Maybe it's so nice to meet you. You you're you're so prompt. Maybe logged into Zoom like just right before the show started, and I I I, I already had a signal going out, so I couldn't even I couldn't even talk to you. So I wrote in the chat how he comes on at, at the bottom of the hour. So you're welcome to stay and hang. Although I, it, you you were smart to leave and come back. So welcome back. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you for joining Thank us today. So, Mike, so nice to meet you, Nicole. And hello, Howie. Good to see you again. Or good to hear you. Hear me, yes. I, 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 Nicole doesn't let me do the, uh, the Zoom. For some oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't let you? Howie doesn't want to do the Zoom. Howie, the minute no. you're ready. What? I do. You do? Then yeah. why, why aren't we doing Zoom? I don't know. I thought you didn't want me on. Hell no. I just thought you didn't want to come on Zoom. I would I love for you to come. All right. I'm going to message you the Zoom link and come on if you can, or, or we'll do it next time. I thought all this time, you know, like Dick B doesn't like coming on camera. And I just Oh, thought, I do. I love it. <laughs> so all this time we've been doing this thing on the phone with your echoey cell phone. I feel so stupid now. I just thought you never wanted to. Oh, I totally want to. Let's do it once you're, you're moving to Arizona. Yep. So let's do it from Arizona. It'll okay. be like probably better because it's closer. <laughs> sure, it will. That, that works. Okay. Um, all right. So anyway, Howie is not on the Zoom, so he can't see you. He can only hear you. But that'll change in three weeks when I when we and start. Maybe you know I met last week in person. Uh, uh, a PDA um, gate was giving me an award and for the work I do as a journalist. And I decided instead of, you know, just babbling on about myself, it would be more interesting for people to hear from maybe. So she came up and talked about herself and why she's running uh, and uh, what her campaign is like. So I thought that that might be a good thing to start uh, here as well for maybe mm-hmm. to tell us why, why she's running. Okay. Why are you running? <laughs> Well, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, we've tried to get it down to an elevator pitch, uh, but it's it's really a number of reasons. I, uh, <clears throat> as Howie mentioned, this is my third time running. I, I decided to challenge Adam Schiff in 2020, uh, and then again in 2022, and uh, now here we are in 2024, and it's an open seat. So. I came in third place out of eight candidates in 2020. And then in 2022, I came in second place out of nine candidates. We actually made it to the general election. Uh, it was the first time that a trans non-binary person has ever advanced to a general election for a seat in the U.S. House. And, you know, given that we came so close, I said, I have to do this at least one more time. And, you know, rumors were swirling that Schiff was going to be not seeking re-election to run for uh, U.S. Senate uh, representing California. And I knew that we needed to put our name in uh put our name in early just because i knew everybody and their mom was going to be trying to run for this seat uh when he i think the first week that he decided to you know when he announced that he was running for senate i predicted there would be between 20 and 30 people running for his seats uh the filing period just opened up today actually and there's already 19 people uh that are trying to run for a seat myself included 
And I'm the only Democrat who had the gall to run against him previously. Uh, it was difficult in many ways, uh, especially because he's considered to be a, a darling of the Democratic Party. But uh, I'm a, a true progressive, a leftist, and there's a lot of policies of his that I object to. Um, you know, the big ones being his positions on war. You know, I consider him to be a warmonger. Uh, he's voted for you know, the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, the Patriot Act. Uh, he voted to support the Saudi invasion of Yemen. And it's not surprising that every single year he receives a huge number of donations from weapons manufacturers and defense contractors. And then he turns around and votes for the National Defense Authorization Act, which loads those defense contractors pockets with money. And it's, it's one of those revolving door things that I think not a lot of people pay attention to. Uh, additionally, you know, maybe, I oppose- you're, not, you're not running against Adam this time. And I'm more interested uh, to hear about some of the people who are running for the seat who you'll, you have to uh, show the voters that you're a better choice than they are. And, and I know that some of them are just some of them are silly, but it doesn't matter. But some of them are serious uh, candidates. And um, so so let's talk a little bit about some of them. If you if you don't feel like naming them, you don't have to. But but, you know, this is a very progressive district. Like I said earlier, there's no question in my mind that you are the most progressive candidate. But but how, how do you stack up against some of the other serious candidates who are running? Yeah, so there are, uh, at this point, there's over a, a dozen Democrats in the race. There's, I think, about 15 or 16 right now. And I consider myself to be the most leftist, the most progressive. But I, I try to avoid using, you know, that, that term radical leftist because there's nothing radical about wanting health care for everybody, housing for everybody, education for everybody. The only thing that's actually radical is the fact that we don't have those things in our nation right now. So it, they are radical ideas in the sense that we don't have them. But the idea of of wanting to take care of everybody is not a radical idea at all. Uh, I'm the only candidate who is not taking any sort of corporate donations, totally grassroots, people power funded. And our policies are, you know, we, you have to, I think most people realize that when you work in politics at any level, whether it be local, state, federal, that uh, I think there always has to be a little bit of compromise. So we always want to shoot for the stars. But for me, it has always been universal health care is my baseline. I would never support a candidate who does not support universal health care. Um, Let me like, interrupt for one second. Yeah. Are, are any of the other candidates saying that they also support Medicare for all? They do. But at the same time, it's it's interesting to me because some of them are in higher levels of govern, government than myself. And they really are in a position to actually fight and demand universal health care, maybe not necessarily on a federal level at this point, but at least on a state level. Um, I was a, a huge proponent of CalCare, which is uh, the idea of getting universal health care here, here in California. Uh, it was previously known as uh, AB 1400. And unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> the previous legislature let the bill die in office. And to me, that was such a... It, it was it, I, I can't even wrap my head around it because we have a super majority of Democrats in the California state legislature. And the fact that they let that bill die rather than vote on it and expose who actually is opposed to this. You know, they said they didn't have the votes. Well, how do you not have the votes when we are a super majority of Democrats in California? So I want to know exactly which candidates were for and against that and why. 
the why answer is really easy. You take a look at their donors and they're being sponsored by, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, mm-hmm. Aetna, um, you know, all of these corporations that obviously do not want to see universal health care. Uh, so while I do have some opponents who will claim to be for universal health care, I haven't actually seen them fights for universal health care. How about housing for all? I know that housing is a very big issue for you, both uh, here in Silver Lake as a member of the the Neighborhood Council, but also in your campaign. Are your opponents, where do they stand on on, uh, housing for all? Do you know? You know, it's interesting. None of them have been particularly vocal about it. Uh, that has been a staple of my campaign uh, for Congress and also a staple of my uh, the way that I operate in my local position. So I serve on the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council, which is a uh, part of uh, the L.A. city government. <clears throat> and I-, I say this a lot that I would I would challenge you to find anybody in Los Angeles who doesn't view homelessness as being one of the largest, if not the largest issue facing our city and our county. But the the way the difference is how we approach it. And there are many people who would rather just have the, have people experiencing homelessness out of sight, out of mind. Uh, they don't want to see encampments in front of their mansions, but not for the fact that they actually want to you know, have humane policies for these people. They just want them. They want them away gone. from where they live. Yeah, exactly. So for me, the way that the city of Los Angeles is approaching homelessness is it's disgusting to me. They've criminalized homelessness. Uh, you know, there was a case known as Martin versus Boise, which was a uh, a case that was taken to the Ninth Circuit Appellate Courts. And it determined that it is unconstitutional for cities to outlaw encampments when there are not enough shelter beds to accommodate everybody experiencing homelessness in a city. In Los Angeles, we have over 46,000 people experiencing homelessness on any given night. There are not nearly enough uh, shelter beds to accommodate that number of people. So the city cannot outlaw encampments altogether. But what they can do is they've created this loophole where they create these special enforcement zones. And if you're in a special enforcement zone, then the city can come in and say, hey, you either have to get out or we're going to cite you and throw you in jail. And that's incredibly inhumane to me that we are criminalizing Poor people, people experiencing homelessness. And uh, that's not the approach that I want to take. It's also particularly criminal to me that there are more vacant units in Los Angeles than there are people experiencing homelessness. That's a a crime against humanity, in my opinion. Uh, So there are units already available. Uh, I I think, you know, there's it's kind of become a homelessness industrial complex where there has been so much money poured into addressing homelessness, but we're not actually solving it. And the Truly, the elevator pitch way to solve homelessness is by creating permanent supportive housing and permanent supportive services, not just these temporary shelters where they come in for 30 days and then they're back on the streets in a different part of town. That's a Band-Aid solution, and it's a very costly, inhumane Band-Aid solution. I I love hearing you speak. I got to tell you, this is the first time we've met. Uh, When I saw you come in the chat room, I had only seen pictures of you from your website. And I looked up and I see somebody presenting as male. I'm like, who's that? Did I schedule somebody wrong? And then then it clicked. It's like, oh, shit, that's maybe. Is maybe a girl your, your legal name? It's not my legal name, but I go by maybe in my everyday life. Uh, so as a trans non-binary person, you know, I don't fit neatly onto the spectrum of man or woman. I, I identify as trans femme, so i closer to a woman, but not, you know, exactly there. And so you can be trans binary or trans non-binary. And, you know, uh, I just got off work, truth be told. I'm actually sitting uh, at the restaurant that I work at. Oh, I work wow. part-time as a server. I'm a working class person. 
And uh, so, you know, I am not going to wear a pound of makeup and high heels to work. <laughs> but but that's so. So I, I'm looking on your website. And for instance, this um, it, it's maybe M-A-E-B-E, a girl for spelled out Congress dot org. I'll put the link mm-hmm. on the blog. It's up on the Chiron under your picture. But it, it, here's your bio. It is very um, uh, comprehensive, obviously, as Howie just said, you are you're currently the treasurer and at large representative for the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council in Los Angeles. Um, it says upon her election in 2019, she became the first drag queen elected to public office in the United States. That's that's huge. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah so I, I, I so but that you're when you're out in public, you're generally dressed as as a girl, as a woman. So, yeah, so I normally will dress up, um, you know, for all of my public meetings. Um, I kind of like to describe it this way. Uh, Drag is what I do, but trans is who I am. So, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what a trans person is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I do often get mistaken as being a man because I, I do often I am often male presenting. But you know what? You don't have to you don't actually have to, um, you know, undergo any sort of medical transition to be a trans person. Many people, many trans people do decide to take um, medical steps um, and many don't. And it doesn't either way, it doesn't validate or invalidate your your transness, if you will. Um, So for me, you know, I go by they, them, I go by she, her, anything but he, him. And um, but yeah, you know, I'm not uh, I don't you know, get dressed up for, I don't get dressed up every single day, but you know, when I go to my meetings, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to a special event or a meeting, the you way you trust. present yourself right. can be different than when you're going to the grocery store. So, um, you know, I don't feel that I have to totally put everything on for me to be who I am. If that makes sense. It, it makes total sense. And I'm glad I, I appreciate you explaining it because, you know, some of us and if, if my listener, look, I'm, I'm older. How he's older. For some people, it's it's a learning experience. If you if you don't experience it in your life, one of my dearest friends is a trans woman. Um, and, you know, I I I I have been educated through her, through Boca. My listeners know her. She's been on the show many times. She's a, a radio person. And uh, she's the one who did the uh, the open for this segment that Howie loves, the um, the, the Chucky Schmucky hour. Um, she's a brilliant woman. And so, you know, but again, trans is just like people, like humans are all different. And some, you know, with some of the people, I think that have a problem with it, Either they're being led around by the governor down here and, and, and people who are just intolerant and don't understand that everybody's different. But it's also people who just don't know they haven't been educated. And so yeah. I, I know a lot of people appreciate, you know, you're explaining your, how you live. Absolutely, because trans identity uh much like every community, we're, we're not a monolith. And so you're going to find every different kind of person on the trans spectrum, just as you will, on a, you know, cisgender heteronormative spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, are different and individual. And so uh, my experience, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else who is trans. Right. But on, but on the other hand, I think it's really Congress. important uh, at this point when, when Congress is spending so much time uh, and energy uh, of trying to make laws about trans people, I think it's really, really important that we have an actual trans person as a member of Congress. Yeah. Uh, and, and at that point, you know, on some level, you will be speaking for a, a whole community in this country of people. There are there are 
tons and tons of trans people, but, you know, trans people don't have their own uh, congressional district. Trans people are scattered through every single state in the country and desperately need somebody in Congress. It's desperate that they need someone desperate. in Congress now. Desperate. It's really, really important, which right. is why it's so important to, for anybody uh, who's listening to us to help maybe get elected. Um, you know, I know not everybody lives in this district who's, on, who's uh, uh, watching this show right now, but everybody can uh, donate, even if it's just 5 or $10. It's, it's really, really crucial that we get maybe elected to Congress. I mean, if you, if you like someone like Bernie Sanders, there's a good reason to, uh, to support uh, maybe. She's, you know, as progressive as they come. But the, the fact that she is also a trans person is just another plus in this equation that uh, there's nobody else who can, uh, who can talk to that. Definitely. So, I, I got a question, and Howie, you, you, you might want to answer this one. Karina asks in the chat room, are they supported by the Victory Fund or Emily's List? Well, it shouldn't be me answering. It should be, it should, okay. I don't even know the answer, but well, it is something. You, right, no, but Emily's List is not, okay. So maybe, are, are you supported by the Victory Fund or Emily's List? So we have <clears throat> we've applied for the Victory Fund's endorsement. Uh, we're in the process right now, so we're still waiting to hear back. Um, Emily's list has not endorsed us. We didn't apply for that particular endorsement, but we are hoping to get the Victory Fund. Uh, obviously, we're trying to get a lot of pro LGBTQIA endorsements. Um, we have a forum in October for the Stonewall Democrats, <clears throat> and. Um, <clears throat> You know, we've worked closely with a lot of LGBTQ organizations. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them are nonprofits and actually can't endorse, um, mm. such as the LGBT Center here in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I've met with them and, you know, asked them, what do you need of your congressional representative? And how we brought up this good point that, <clears throat> you know, there's never been a trans person federally elected to the United States government. Um, <clears throat> we're just starting. To not, at least trans- not one that we know of. Exactly. Right. It's not one that we know of, but we have just started to see trans people being elected to state legislatures, which is incredibly important. You know, when I started running in 2019, uh, I recall myself saying to my constituency that this was the, the worst year in modern history for anti-LGBTQIA yeah. legislation. And you know what? I said the same thing in 2020. I said the same thing in 2021. I said the same thing in 2022. And now here we are in 2023 with over 650 anti-LGBTQIA bills moving across states and federal legislatures. And the thing about it is more than half of those are specifically targeting trans people. And yet there are very few trans people at the state level, none at the federal level. And as it's as a good friend of mine always says, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And trans people are very much on the menu right now. And we have no way to fight back. We're not even in these conversations saying, well, how do we help shape this legislation? We're not even a part of that conversation. We're just being dictated by the government how we can and cannot live. And, you know, these are everything from bathroom bills, sports bills, school restrictions, healthcare restrictions, civil rights restrictions, religious exemptions to discriminate discriminate against LGBTQIA people. So it's really frustrating to not have a voice in, in the laws that are dictating you as a trans person. Wow. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Jackie, who works with Howie at Blue America, is in the chat room and she just posted something I want to read. She said, here's a snippet from Howie's post. I'm not finding progressives from outside the district taking maybe seriously as a candidate, just as a transgender person they don't quite understand. 
uh, uh, six weeks ago, she passed 1,000 individual donors, more than anyone else in the race. Not $2,800 donors, small donors giving 10 and $20 contributions. While the other candidates who are trying to claim the progressive lane may say the right things, maybe shows up. No one else does. When good trouble is being made, maybe's there. That's very nice. Thanks, and you know what? I, I'd love to add, we actually are just at about 2,000 individual unique donors. We've had over 2,600 contributions to our campaign. We have su- we have financial supporters in all 50 states plus D.C. So we have our campaign, me as a candidate, I have national appeal. Uh, it's just about getting some of these bigger organizations, uh, politicians who are already in power to recognize, notice our campaign and see that I'm a serious candidate. And I, I will have to, t- I, t- I have to tell you that since day one, I've had to fight so much harder to be recognized as a serious candidate simply because of the fact that I perform in drag and I'm a transgender person. And and that's how it is with a lot of a lot of marginalized communities. We have to work twice as hard for half the recognition. And, you know, I just hope that somebody who is higher up there like AOC or you know, Ilhan Omar or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody from the squad will take notice of our campaign and help to publicize it. Because I have always felt since day one that if everybody knew about our campaign, we would win this thing. But, you know, as a grassroots organizer, you know, taking no corporate funding, not that corporations would even want to fund me, you know, given the the stances that I support, um, it just takes a lot to to put the word out there. But we have done so much better this year in terms of fundraising we're only three quarters in and we've more than doubled what we raised in the entire 2022 wow. cycle. And we're still six months away from the primary. So we're putting up a fight this time. That's great. I, I- will say, though, that um, uh, Ted Lieu, the Cong- another congressman from L.A., who was at the same uh, event that maybe and I were at mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, asked me to uh, to make sure that he can meet maybe. Did, oh, you, did you wind up getting uh, getting to speak with him? I did. Yeah, very briefly. We didn't really have time to chat. He had to make his rounds, but I was able to introduce myself and, and talk to him for a moment. But uh, I want to follow up with him and see if there's any way that we can work together because he's on the Progressive Caucus. He's, you know, definitely one of the better um, folks that are already in Congress. And um, yeah, so it's all about making connections. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Another uh, person that would be important for you to speak to is Pramila Jayapal, whose uh, daughter is is also a trans person. Oh, wow. And she's the, she's the uh, the chair of the Progressive Caucus. Yeah, she's great. I've never gotten to meet her, but you definitely should because I, I, you need those alliances, and I think they could really help you. Along those yeah. lines, Spocko in the chat room is asking uh, if I would ask you, who is funding the anti-trans legislation and also uh, which organizations are fighting them? He want, He asks, please be specific since I want to support them. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of these organizations are um, funding can be sometimes hard to track. You know, there's a lot of sort of dark donors, if you will. But there's a lot of organizations that are the front for for a lot of this this process. Um, You know, a big one right now is uh, Moms for Liberty, which they are behind a lot of the uh, the anti-LGBTQIA um, rallies surrounding LGBTQIA education in public schools. Um, I don't know if, if folks listening are aware, but school districts in California, Southern California, are being attacked right now uh, simply for complying with California state laws to uh, adhere to LGBTQIA inclusion and education. So, for instance, Glendale, which is in my district, uh, historically a little bit more of a conservative part of my district, but the school board that was fairly elected, they are, um, you know, progressive 
progressive in the sense that they are wanting to uphold uh, the laws that that require LGBTQIA inclusion. You know, there was a, a massive protest a few months ago where the Proud Boys were there, Gays Against Groomers, Moms for Liberty. And this was all because the Glendale School District was voting to recognize June as Pride Month. I mean, that's such a mild, mild thing. And it's already recognized at, you know, the city, county, state and federal level. So this idea that, you know, kids are being groomed uh, in school is complete nonsense. You know, I was a queer kid in school and I remember feeling so ostracized and othered because there was no mentioning of queer people. I felt like such a freak. And I don't want any other kid to feel like that. I want kids to know that there are, are there's support out there, you know, and it should be through your teachers, your school district. And, you know, there's a, a lot of um, arguments right now. Um, one of the big ones is uh, school districts are some school districts. There's there's people who are wanting to basically notify parents within three days if their child comes out as uh, transgender at school. And you have to ask yourself, why would a child feel more comfortable coming out to a teacher or a counselor than their own parents? And a lot of it has to do with um, homophobia and transphobia at home. Kids listen to what their parents are talking about. That's why even I was nervous to come out to my parents at first, because I had heard some language come out of their mouths mm. before they knew that I was a queer person. Um, of course, they're very supportive now and, um, you know, regret some of the, you know, language that they used. But when you hear, you know, slurs that are related to queer and trans people, it's obviously going to make you not comfortable to come out to your parents. And I, I believe that it's directly related to the fact that if you look at homelessness nationwide, about 40% of unhoused youth identify as LGBTQIA. And that is vastly disproportionate to the actual number of LGBTQIA youth. And a big reason is because they are rejected by their families. So when they talk about parental rights, um, you know, they 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 use their parental rights when they were voting for the school board and for these laws that are dictating, you know, LGBTQIA inclusion in schools. But if you think California is immune, you are vastly mistaken. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really sad. And the attacks are horrible. Look, you heard me say we're moving out of Florida because what's going on here is I can't live in a state like this. You know, I, I feel for my friends who are LGBTQIA. And, and and I don't know how they can stay. I honestly don't know how anyone can stay. I appreciate those who are staying and fighting, but it's it's gotten really bad. Really bad. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so important, like I said, to elect uh, maybe. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, I used a very old friend of mine a long time ago uh, was Harvey Milk. And I was the official photographer on his campaign for, for uh, county supervisor. And I, re I recall, I'll never forget this one time uh, after Harvey had been elected. And, uh, you know, and at that time, there, had, there were no known gay people elected anywhere to anything. And Harvey was elected in San Francisco in the Castro district. And there was, a, you know, articles about him in Time and Newsweek, which were the two big uh, national magazines at the time. And one day I went to his office and he said, I want to show you something. And it was a giant sack of mail. And he was just pulling out letters at random and reading them. And it, it just broke me up. There were all these kids, you know, I remember the letters he was reading were from the Midwest. And mm. there were these kids saying that because he was elected, they didn't feel like committing suicide anymore. They, they felt a sense of humanity. 
And it's just something that's never, ever gone away from me. I mean, I even choke up now when I talk about it. I, I can hear. Wow. Um, all right, we, we are coming to the end of the hour. You hear the music. Uh, maybe it's so nice to meet you. I'm, I'm thrilled um, that you're running. And I, I'm more thrilled now that I've met you and I've heard you speak. Um, people need to, you know, to take you seriously. So let's get the word out. I'm looking at all the people in the chat room who can help spread the word. Donate if they can. Um, but let people know you're the real deal. And that's what's necessary here. Uh, it's a long road ahead, so you're you're in it for the long run, yeah? I am. It's really been a pleasure, Nicole. And Howie is always always love getting to chat with you. Um, thanks for this opportunity to come on and speak and get to meet some of your viewers. Um, you know, if anyone's interested in learning more, visit our website, maybe a girlforcongress.org. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and um, thank you for recommending that people donate if they can. Um, as I mentioned, we are totally grassroots, corporate free, and $5 goes a long way in our, our, our little rinky-dink campaign. I'll make sure I put all your handles and everything up on the blog where this is posted. The show will be posted yeah. at NicoleSandler.com slash uh, 9-14-23. That's the date. That's the format. They're always posted there. There's no paywall. So share, 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 because everybody needs to hear you. I think you'd make a, a, a welcome addition to Congress. We need people like you there. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Uh, Howie, any, uh, yep. any final words? I guess no, except I'll see you in what, a month? In, in about three weeks to a month. And when I come back, uh, when when we get together next time, you will be on on camera. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too. God. Okay. Thank you, um, you two. And um, uh, I'll see you soon, I hope. Take care. And and bye. you guys, bye. Uh, bye. Uh, tomorrow, what are we, oh, tomorrow's Friday. We're just going to wrap this thing up. Um, take phone calls, get rid of, take care of any business. I know the last couple of days, I've been so preoccupied with this move that, um, and trying to get shows together <laughs> to play while I'm on the road and all that. So um, tomorrow we'll just, we'll see what happens. All right. We'll play it by ear. Um, and, and yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hasta mañana, baby. And uh, yeah, be good. Bye.